Hey guys, welcome to Project Esports for January 21st, 2019. We're on a third episode of the year, and honestly, it's good because we are finally back in the esports season. I mean, I feel like this is the first week we actually have a wide variety of news about different esports going on, and it is... It's back, boys. How are you doing, though? I mean, we got so much news to talk about, but I feel like it's actually been a while since we chatted, and how are you guys doing today? You gonna go first, or am I gonna go? How are we doing this? You're muted, but so I'm gonna go first. <laughs> so I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. Uh, school's getting a little hellish, but I mean, what else is new? Um, yeah, uh, I got my first week of LEC. That was really fun. Ish. It was mixed emotions, but yeah. <laughs> I'm unmuted now. I'm doing good. I played a bunch of Magic, Paper Magic, Magic Arena. I just been diving into those children's card games, so. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, and I guess I've kind of been the same way. I mean, I watched a lot. I watched almost all the LEC. I mean, we had um, Runaway play earlier this week, too. Some good Overwatch games. Like, it's been a pretty good week for me, too. And, yeah, like I said, we're going to be talking about some, a couple of those things coming up. But I'm glad to be back, and it feels like it's a long time. And I don't know. Let's just get to the news, I guess, at this point. But, yeah, no housekeeper or anything like that so i just want to jump right into it because we have so many topics for once i want to talk about the lc you mentioned you watched yep. a little bit of it i watched a lot of it i'm not even going to ask dylan if you watched any of it yeah because you know i watched it yeah you watched every single minute did you did you did you watch any of it of no. course not i can i'm allowed to be hopeful i'm allowed to hope that you tuned into at least like one <laughs> professional league game maybe one of these days maybe every time to chair i'll watch some of it but, there you go. So there's a lot of kind of things I want to talk about this. But before we get into the stats or any of that kind of stuff, I just want to hear, James, what you think about the design. I mean, we saw kind of the announcement video, but, like, how did the day of the events actually look to you? Did you like the overlays? Did you like the hosting? Did you like the cast? Like, just tell me what your first impressions kind of are from the first two days of it. Right. Okay, cool. So um, I like I like the rebranding. The rebranding is really slick. It's really nice. The, like, um, how they do, like, in, in between games and stuff like that. The overlay they chose for that is, like, really, really nice. I'm into that. Um, they acquired Froskerin, which is really cool. Um, I've always been a big fan of Froskerin, like, when she was doing LPL. Um, and, like, I, I actually was, like, one of the few reasons I actually watched the LPL. Because she was, like, my, she was, like, one of my favorite personalities. Mainly because she just doesn't give a shit. Like, she just, like, she'll mouth off to everybody. And usually she's right. Usually she has a good amount of, like, uh, like justification. So I think she's been a great addition. Um, especially because they don't have Deficio consistently anymore, um, which is, I think, a big... It's not a huge loss, but it is a loss because Deficio is such a face. Him and Quickshot have some of the best chemistry, like, known to League of Legends. Um, other than that, though, like, how they kind of set up the like the, the stage and everything like that, it was all really well done. I, I don't know. I'm getting kind of sick of the, the like... Matt, not even matte colors, but it's just like they're basically it's like two colors. That's it. It's black and something else, and that's how they've done all their graphics now. So there's not a ton of like boominess and stuff like that, but it's whatever color they pick is very in your face. So I don't know, like as like somebody who kind of appreciate appreciates like minimalism, like that kind of works. Um, but yeah, I guess other than that, besides getting into the actual games and what happened with those, um, the LEC rebranding overall, I'm a big fan of it. I think it, I think it was needed. I think it's just justified. And I think their separation from like between them and the NALCS is like is, it's a good thing. I'm I'm happy about it. So, do you vote for the EU LCS or the LEC? 
I'm a big fan. I like the LEC. I like the LEC. Every other region is three letters, except for it was except for NA and EU LCS. Like those, they were the only ones. So let's get on that bandwagon. No, yeah, I I agree. For the most part, I really enjoyed a lot of the rebranding. I mean, the overall rebranding, the colors they use, all that kind of stuff. I'm a huge fan of that. There's nothing kind of branding and graphics wise at the big picture that I didn't like. One, I thought the picks and bands kind of screen was a little different. I wasn't used to it. It kind of had it on the bottom versus the side. I know they're yeah. trying to change up from other divisions, like other regions, but I guess I just come so used to kind of being used to the side by side. See, yeah. see on the yeah, yeah, no. And um, I actually, that's like I actually I watched the the I'm gonna butcher the name. I, can't, I I don't even know if I'm gonna try and pronounce it. The 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 Dota major that's going on right now in China, or I think it may have just wrapped up over the weekend. I'm not too sure. Um, but that's how they do the picks and bands. They do the picks and bands all at the bottom, and it's uh, they have like a camera for the the commentators at the top, which I like. I was like kind of like off put, but like I mean I see why League does it. It, it looks good. It's it was it wasn't. I, I don't know. I don't mind it. It's different. I, I didn't hate it. I think it was just kind of yeah. different for me. That the in game overlay I had a huge issue with actually. It yeah. was so big. I mean, yeah. if you're looking at kind of my screen here, so this this and this is all kind of just graphics. And only here, like some small, small part of the map, uh, the screen actually felt like it was gameplay. I know you always have the player icons on the side, but I mean, almost the bottom third of the entire screen was just one big overlay showing the map, the graphics, all that kind of stuff. And it just seemed so much more busy compared to other things. And when they had the Baron power play, that took up a huge amount of room and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, I get the partnerships, and you had to do well, that. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, because, like, the the, power, the the Baron Power Play is, brought, like, brought to sponsored you by, by Shell. I love that. I was just, just going to say Thank it, you, yeah. Mr. Shell. <laughs> exactly. Like, Which, I mean, like, so, I mean, they, they're paying for it, right? So. And I, and I get um, that, but. I think they are minimalistic in everywhere except for the overlay, which where yeah. I think minimalistic is the most important part of that because I saw a lot of people complaining about it. I had a problem with it. But not even talking about the graphics, there was so many technical issues. I think there was more technical issues on day one of the LEC than the entire season of Overwatch League. Yeah, like, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised, wow. honestly. It, it just, um, that's just how it felt. That's probably not true, but... It just seemed like it'd be one thing after another. I mean, the very first game of the entire LEC season, they played for what fifteen minutes and they had to remake. remake. Yeah, like that yeah, yeah. is not how you want to start a season with a remake right away. Sure, it was Fnatic and people got the memes for all oh, Fnatic paid them off to get the restart. Yeah. Fnatic still went on to lose that, <laughs> so that didn't matter. But that was the very first game, and that just set the mood for the entire rest of the day. I didn't watch day two, but I thought there was a couple I did. issues that yeah. day two. There was, yeah. And, and believe it or not, again, it was with Fnatic. Um, there was other... It wasn't exclusively Fnatic. There was... I think there was one other team that there was issues with it. Um, but yeah, no, like, those, there was a quite a few... Tech, it, this seemed to be a bad week for technical issues. We're going to get into it later, yeah. but it's... Um, there's the, Yeah, it was just... It was a gong show. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I guess kind of for my overall impressions of the LEC so far... I mean, branding and graphics, I like the number scale, like 7 out of 10. Like, there's a couple things they can fix. They maybe cut some things back, change some things up. I think that could be really well. I mean, technical issues in the overall weekend. 6 mm. out of 10, because when you have such a big weekend like that with the whole rebrand, you want everything to go perfect. Imagine if the Overwatch League opened up day one and was like that. That would have been such a bad kind of look. And they're lucky this is just a rebrand, not a start yeah. of something new. But in any yeah. other situation, that would have been the death of a league. Not death of a league, but 
a very big impact on the numbers for the long run. I I think see like the fans at this point aren't even really surprised when this stuff happens. Like it's like EU production. Like people just meme that and like the, the so there's like there's two things about people saying EU production and being not being a bad thing is one it doesn't fester in anything worse. It stays in Twitch chat and it stays there and nobody makes a big deal out of it. And two, everybody is everybody's okay with it. Everybody's used to it. So I mean like. It's not a bad thing. So uh, I, I just to kind of go with your score, I'm going to go for rebranding. I'm going to go eight. I really like it. I really like that they've really like modernized it. Um, and what was the what was the other thing you scored? The, the second overall score? weekend, opening weekend, everything. I want to give, give it a five. I want to give it a five. I don't think opening weekend you should have a remake. I don't think that's good because they, 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 they do have – they've used Chrono Break in the, pla- in the past, but where it was so bad that they actually had a remake – Plus everything that plagues day two and stuff like that, it's uh, yeah. No, I'm gonna give it a five overall, and I'm a little biased because I don't like what happened. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like. No, I don't like yeah, the that's kind of a good segue in the next one. Uh, like last season, we always go through scores and that kind of stuff. And me and James yeah. are talking. We don't want to necessarily go through scores because no. we're not about one specific esport, but we just kind of want to talk about what do you take away from this? I mean, what I take away from this is Fnatic looked absolutely horrible week one even after a remake they still don't even kind of recover and come back there day two i watched some highlights they just didn't look great there and just i don't know they just didn't seem to be looking great g2 is going to be scary as shit this season if they don't win the entire lec i'll be blown away and origin after all the hype didn't really live up to it to me like they just did not look good sure going against g2 day one isn't the best way to start but that's kind of my big three t- takeaways. I think Fnatic will be covered in the long run. I think G2 will go this entire first stage without losing a game. And I think Origin is probably going to be bottom of the pack. Are you going to uh, Prediction King? Are you going to Prediction King that? Okay, yeah, let's predict. Okay, who do you yeah. think will win? Who do I think is going to win Split 1? Yes. Misfits. I got Misfits. Okay, I'll take G2. Okay, perfect. Perfect, there we go. Uh, yeah, no. So, okay, kind of to kind of add on to your commentary, um, Fnatic. So they had like this big promotional event where they were doing giveaways and shit like that, and they would do they did this like cryptocurrency thing as well. They kind of integrated with that. It was a it was a little controversial, but whatever. But they had Medic on there. Medic's one of the casters. He's he's a great personality. Um, and they uh, they explicitly brought up like, don't expect us to come out of the gate swinging. Don't expect us to do this because we are bringing in somebody brand new, brand new. Has never played pros. Like he hasn't played like, like high pro. He's played. He's played the the Spanish league, but that's it. So and like, and you can see that Nemesis does not look like he's synced up with the rest of the cast. Like you can see that, and you can tell that the rest of the team is just like I don't know what to do with this mid laner right now. I just still don't know what to do with him yet. Um. So I like. It's is it a bum start? Yes, but they have enough talent. They'll be fine. I'm not too worried about them. I don't think this. I think this is a week one fumble. I don't think this is gonna be anything else. I hate G2. I hate G2 so much. I was so happy when or- when Oregon was like doing okay and I was just like hell yeah, screw G2. I have no- cuz there's a- there's so many like like poaching controversies going on with that and that to the point where it's really didn't made me dislike the G2 brand and and I'm going to wrap I'm going to wrap back to G2 in a second. But other than that, I love what Misfits are the cleanest team I've ever seen. They're disgusting. Like Misfits look phenomenal, um, and like some of the newcomers, like um, SK look great. Yeah, um, they were no. They were really I'm happy to... with the overall outplay of most of the new teams, which I, I was happy with. I'm glad yeah. that all didn't come and got stomped on. They actually I mean, did Rogue, do well. They stood the ground. 
Yeah, I think it was. I think Rogue is the only new organization to go own to. But then yeah. that's it. I think they're the only one. Plus, it's them and Fnatic, and that's it. But to kind of wrap back to G2, um, I don't know if you saw, or I don't know if any of our listeners or our viewers saw this article that was, or this the clip that was circulating on Reddit. Um, the G2 actually did the Fnatic chant at the end of their victory. They, they, yeah, 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 yeah. And this, and this was encouraged, as you can see in the video, by Ocelot, by that scarf wearing sob himself. So, and like, and this is just it. And now we're getting into this like, there's like sportsmanship starting to go out the window a little bit. Well, and... they're they're embracing that they're the villains of the league. They're playing a role. They're they're role playing so. in the LEC right now, and I, I love it. I love I get when it. Some, I get it. I get that's G2 what everyone's calling them. Why not live up to it? I guess so. I don't know. Like, usually you don't see sports organizations turn heel, but I mean, like... Are you kidding me? Have you seen... Tom Brady put out his own hype video before the game yesterday, (laughs) and afterwards, like, on a video clip, he said, we're too old, like, someone said, you're too old, and he said, you're too slow, and they're just mocking what other people are saying about them, like... Are you talking about the Chargers? Was it the Chargers... Uh, defensive end? Are you talking about that clip? No, two Patriots players are saying like oh, okay. what they're just quoting what other people have been saying about him. Like Tom Brady was too old, oh, okay. the cornerback was too slow. Like they're just mocking what other people said about him. They live for that kind of mentality that people don't like them. So is this something? Do you think this is something we should encourage and just yeah. be like, oh my god? Yeah. I mean, poaching and that kind of stuff, like the actual bad guy kind of stuff. No, but doing other teams' chance, like playing up to that villain kind of role and everything. I think that's great. <laughs> Don't do think, actual and, bad things, but play that just play the villain yeah. on the stage. And that's just it. I think I think that's I think this is where it's going to get convoluted. Is that G two like if you again if like to use wrestling terms, if you want to turn heel, by all means do it because it's going to work. It's going to sell. And their hype video really showed that. You know what I mean? Like their hype video about uh, against Oregon like was was a really really well done. But I mean again, you have it associated with poaching you have it associated with how manipulative like perks can be how what like what lengths ocelot will go to to like basically acquire players like that's where you're like like i don't know man i don't know how much i want to buy into that you know what i mean yeah it's we'll see how much they go if they stay clean outside of the matches i'll be fine with it but yeah well yeah the last thing I want to kind of talk about actually after matches and outside of stuff. And so this is something that you can kind of come in on with Dylan. That's kind of why I really wanted to bring this into this conversation. But <laughs> Fnatic had a couple of interviews scheduled day one after the game. I'm sure they assumed they were going to win and they just wanted to come back and do an interview right afterwards. They ended up losing and they just all left stage. They didn't do the interviews like they had planned. I think it was just with one reporter that kind of brought it up. Dylan's frozen on us right now. Um, oh, yeah, he is too. But they just said, like, nope, we're not going to do the interviews. And I just kind of want to hear what you guys think about that. Like, I know it's commonplace in esports. People have been saying that. Like, people have the right to do that. It happens all the time. But should it keep happening? Like, should that be something that's kind of acceptable? If you schedule an interview, but you lose, you just skip it. Like, that's not how traditional sports work. And I know we're not copying everything from traditional sports. But I think that's a level of professionalism that if you say you're going to do something, no matter the outcome, you still talk about it. Dylan, you go ahead, buddy. I've been rambling for a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I I actually did cut out a little bit, um, but I got the, I think I got the gist of it. Yeah, I've, obviously. I mean, I don't I don't think there's a controversial point there. I mean, like, if you say, hey, like, you were going to do an interview afterwards or whatever, and you want to up uphold a little bit of professionalism you should obviously go for it i don't think there's any circumstance where you really don't like even if you're at like an amateur level and you're like hey 
like we'll we'll give a we'll give a little talk on the like the Twitch stream right after like win or lose or whatever, and you don't. That's like kind of a bad thing to do. So yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like there's only one real answer for this. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like I feel like esports should really like uh, we like we like we really want to separate. We really want to cr- create our own brand away from traditional sports. But I don't know if this is a good thing. Like, I don't know if this is something that, like, we should be known for. It's like, oh, we can dip interviews whenever the hell we want because that's just something we do in esports, right? Vice traditional sports. So I don't know. Um, I don't I don't know how it'll – I don't know how it'll go. I don't know if this is going to be com- become commonplace or, um, like, you know, something that's, re- like, regular. You know what I mean? So, well, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't think Riot's going to step in. I, I, I think it'd be more kind of, like – at an organizational level that this would kind of have to happen. I don't think Riot will step in and say, no, you have to, because, like, usually most of these interviews are with freelancers and stuff like that. Like, the guy that was there, I forgot what organization he covered for, but it wasn't like it was through Riot and they just blew off a Riot reporter. It was kind of like a freelance third-party kind of guy. I mean, it'd be like if we went up there, we somehow schedule an interview with someone on Fanatic, and then they just decide not to do the interview afterwards. It really hurts smaller creators than anyone because those other larger ones could get that kind of whenever they want but if someone that was one chance to get that interview he's kind of out of luck he's, he's so screwed like, yeah. that's the one thing that a why i want to see a change is that sometimes those interviews since they don't have open like press sessions and stuff kind of like that that can really hurt um the publicity with the, that kind of talking to the pr aspect so that's why i want to see it and i but yeah i i think this is one thing we should take from traditional sports i know we try to separate in a lot of ways and i agree trying to separate in a lot of ways but i think maybe not an open press after every single game but if you kind of commit to something or you give a five minute window after each game just to talk real briefly even if it's just one person i think there should be something like that but i don't expect ride to step in and form something like that i think it should probably be like more high profile things that you have like a presser after or before yeah i mean i, I can't really see a world where like every single game you would kind of have that especially if like there's one for like the winning and losing team yeah um so like maybe if it was just like uh some of the more high profile matches that you have that presser with or maybe you know just a quick interview with the winner of the team um because usually you don't always have like a like an interview with the losing team um especially a lot of the players i i would actually advise against that because you know they're in like the worst spirits at that moment so like yeah it's it's like good content but like they don't really want to talk so like don't even like set up that situation of where they're not even going to really want to talk with you um and just kind of avoid that whole mess just just outright yeah, I think I kind of like I, I I think I wait rate wait in on Twitter on this. Like I think that's I, I I think I'm quoting myself right now. But like larger events, by all means, interview the loser. Like we saw it at Worlds. Like we saw we got some of the best interviews from losing at Worlds. You know what I mean? Like like Yamato Cannon's crazy ass speech about playing your game and stuff like that. That was from a losing interview. So I I do agree that I think it, that there is a place for losers interviews. It's just not in the regular season. Um, I, I do I, I do like the idea of like of like press coverage though. I like the idea of like having pressers set up maybe before and after the game. And I don't know, either have like a player or like a team representative or something like that kind of come out and answer questions. I don't know. I would almost kind of like that because I think it would add to the the like the esports journalism like scope. Like, like does anybody see that? Do you agree? Maybe yes, no. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe I don't know. I, it's just. 
it's an interesting topic because even if yeah. it's consistent for one league, it could for the next esport it could be totally different too. Mm. That's true. And then I think that's a big thing too. Is like we're like we're so spread out in far as like our consistencies across like each each esport that like you're not gonna really see. Yeah, like I mean, like I don't know. They might do this in Rainbow, and they might not do it in you know. I don't know. Yeah, Dota, I don't know. Right? I, I think at this point, I think we had a good discussion here. We just put a pin on it. Maybe bring yeah. it back up later if something else happens or changes. But I think right now, there's not too much more we can kind of really go into without starting to kind of just talk out of our asses. If I'm, <laughs> pardon my French, but I think it's kind of a good time just to kind of go on to the next story because we spent a good amount of time talking about the LEC <clears throat> wrapping that up, and we'll bring that up from time to time. But I don't think we want to go over scores as much, so we'll talk. More about bigger mm. kind of events, kind of like what we did today. But I want to talk about WoW esports. James, I actually kind of hand it back over to you. I know you talked a lot there too, but I know you. I mean, Dylan, you play WoW too. I'm not too much into it, but what do you kind of think about this? I mean, Blizzard seems to kind of be making a step forward here for um, WoW esports. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah so the big thing was is that blizzard kind of like showed everybody their roadmap for like 2019 2019 like esports like and what they kind of their game plan was for it so we kind of, we kind of saw this nice influx during legion um the most previous the most recent x back or not the most recent the second most recent x back with uh with warcraft where they're doing like the mdi the uh like the mythic dungeon invitational like we were seeing like you know we were actually seeing a resurgence above like our app, like you know, like from like just arena because arena was like slowly starting to die. So they 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 invested in it pretty heavily. Like um, so I mean they they laid it out how they were gonna do it, how they were gonna have NAEU finals, China finals, APAC, Latin America. They were doing open qualifiers and everything. They laid it out very nicely and they did a nice graphic and stuff like that. And they actually left um, they actually like it like gave like prize pools and stuff like that and on top of that they also basically gave it gave like uh players a way to um like support the support the um the esports scene with in-game shop items now there is um there's like a lot of controversy about the in-game shop like there's always been about like buying like mounts buying toys and stuff like that because the big issue is is that they go towards achievements and that's the big thing right and like you shouldn't have to pay to like you know, enable an achievement, right? So I don't know, Dylan. Like, what, what's your stance on this? I don't see. It. I don't know, man. I just wish it wasn't counted towards an achievement, and I think I'd be okay with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this has been a big issue for a really long time. Um, I, I forget what the exact term for like the mounts that you can only use uh, cash to buy. I, I forget okay. what the what cash the... shop item or cash shop it, mount. It might be like yeah, cash shop only. Um, but that's yeah. always been a big point of contingency for a lot of WoW players because like yeah, you have you literally have to spend money on this, and it feels bad when technically if you play enough WoW, you can kind of play for free because uh, you can earn enough gold to like buy the token and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish it didn't count towards the achievements because that means you literally have to spend cash to be a completionist, and that just feels bad. Um, so I wish they didn't, but I don't know. I, I I don't know what a good solution would be. That's just it. Like I mean, I this is like I, it's nice to see this element is added. It's nice to see that esports are being added, but it's the controversy that comes behind the game shop and stuff like that. It's like I don't know, um, I don't know how to do it. Like I don't know how you do it better. You know what I mean? Like do you make it a different achievement on its own? Um, like what, how do you how do you properly execute that? Right. Like, it's, maybe you put it in a different category, I guess, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, and that's just it, right? And then, like, but I mean, again, like, Achievement Hunters, like, they're, they're a thing. Like, they, like mm-hmm. a lot of guys, like, 
I, my buddy referred to them as like chips and stuff like that. And I think that's like kind of like a wide thing um, is like you want as much achievement points as you can. And like, I mean, if you have to physically pay to get them, it's not good. But seeing them support the esports scene is wicked. That's great. Like, I mean, and that's something that Warcraft has finally started to take steps in with surprisingly i think we ripped on activision for a solid like hour last week like i mean and all the things they're doing wrong and this is like one of the few things they're doing right and well, like actually something i totally forgot on the docket too but there's actually two esports now that blizzard has actually kind of taken a step towards getting more involved in and i don't want to cut the wild conversation short so i'll bring that back up but we forgot yeah. to put it on the docket but they announced land events for overwatch contenders too this week yeah like, so, is there anything else you guys want to say about WoW, or do we want to go up and just kind of apologize to saying Blizzard doesn't care about T2 Overwatch, <laughs> and then literally well, a day later, they put out Tier 2 Overwatch stuff? Well, well, okay, first, let's not apologize, because they were messing up for months yeah, on end. And I was going to say, let, yeah. Let, let, let's go wrap that up, because, like, it is an interesting thing that, that they're doing with WoW Esports, and uh, a lot of people don't really focus in on WoW Esports, and yeah. I know James and I definitely watched a decent amount of the mythic dungeon invitational MBI oh, yeah. is what they're branding it now. Yeah. yeah like, go on. Sorry. Go on, James. No, no, no. I was just gonna, I was going to say like, I don't know. I don't know where to peg Activision. Like, I mean, they're, they're killing, they're killing one esport, trying to resurrect another. And then they're like, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's, what to money. Think about them anymore. it's all about money and where they think they can make it. And they think bringing wow back because obviously wow has been, what Blizzard's been built off of for years. So they're like, okay, let's put more money into WoW Esports, try to grow that. And then here's the storm. They, Our Activision probably just saw the money sink. <laughs> Give me axe, yeah. And that's like, kind of um, like that. And yeah, so I guess I want to kind of move over to the contenders kind of things here. Because yeah, like you're saying, Blizzard's just kind of all over the radar on this. Yeah. Because even though, so kind of a little bit of information here. Um, I have to pull it up on my phone because I totally forgot to look over it. Um beforehand but what it was is they have a pacific and an atlantic showdown where teams kind of from both of those areas are going to be coming towards the end of the season and i think most regions get either top two spots or just one depending on their size and they play for kind of a best of the have that side of the world so either the pacific side or the atlantic side and then based on that people can get into the gauntlet kind of at the end of the year which will then kind of deem like who is the best in the world to be the one big land event to kind of rule all of contenders, which we finally started to get to see these teams like Drop Bears, Fusion, and <laughs> Runaway, which all seem dominant, actually could play each other finally, hopefully. But the Drop that, Bears land work. events, yes, we want that. Everyone wants that. But now there's rumors of, Kate was kind of mentioning this in the chat even, that Korea, which is the only one right now that has land contenders, may be closed down. There's talks of the World Cup going away because of these three events now. And Blizzard's kind of all over the place. Like, they want to only halfway commit to some LAN events. They want to take away other LAN events. Like, I don't know. This is an up-and-down kind of reaction to me right now. Because I loved watching the Runaway series because it's so much fun. I mean, I love seeing the child, seeing Flowervin on stage dancing around after every win. Like, I want more of that. And you don't get that anywhere else. Yeah, so actually, just like in regards to the weird stuff that's happening with Blizzard Esports, <laughs> it makes me really think that one or two things are happening. 
So either one, Activision is looking at this purely from another, uh, like a number standpoint and, and is going, hey, here's like 50% of the budget here. Here's 20. We're yeah. cutting you out. And just like going off on that or like the the Blizzard esports model of having each game be its own like little esport and managed by its own esports team is really true. And that they're just not communicating. They're just kind of doing their own thing. Um, <laughs> both of those seem completely viable, completely viable. And that would be totally on brand for them. Um, I hope it's not the former. Is that the right one? I hope it's not the Activision one, yeah. uh, because obviously that that's the one that we don't want. We don't want uh, like big corporate Activision ruling over uh, Blizzard esports and saying what esports, you know, are going to make and which ones are going to break. But you know, who, who knows? Hopefully everything kind of balances out and catches up. But I do agree. I, I like the Atlanta events a lot because having things in person is always a lot more fun. Oh, yeah, that's just it. Like, I mean, that's why that's and that's and the big thing is, too, is like for the players, it's always like the biggest attraction, right? Like crazy ass land events that you can like, you know, go physically show up at. Right? And that was like, part I mean, of the reason why Blizzard said that is that we feel like they said, oh, which kind of loosely they were bragging a little bit like we feel we do a very good job on our path to pro first off you don't um Weird flex, in but okay. every single situation <laughs> except for these live experiences and then we don't prepare them for owl in that sense so this is kind of why they did that but then they take away the korean one and just kind of like yeah, yeah. Like, so they you think they're doing a lot better than they actually are which isn't good because there's a lot of ways they can improve even at the open division and contenders level but the justification behind finally doing land events isn't good, but you got to think it's only for a couple of teams. I mean, with how Fusion's playing, they're always going to be one of those spots in that Atlantic one. Yeah, um, Sydney Drop Bears hasn't lost in years. Runaways, unbelievable. Like, there's only so many teams that get that experience, and realistically, those are the teams that are probably going to go up to the Owl one day. But still, like these lower level players don't get that experience still because it's very selective. Yeah, like it's I don't know, I, you know what I bet I bet if Korea gave them one more team in like the expansion, we're like yeah we'll give you two teams instead of one. They would have cut them. If it was like China and they gave like three teams, we would have we would have still seen them around. Well, I mean the whole that's, idea. That's, 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 I'm I'm a memeing, but I mean like. But I mean the whole idea of it is that like if you have top tier players, they'll make it into the Overwatch league, yeah, and then like therefore yeah. it kind of balances itself that's out because right. like yeah like say if like Philly like they have a like they have an amazing team and they're crushing it and they have amazing players. In theory, they would move up, and then their team skill level would go down for a little bit, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, like hopefully, that's the idea. It's the re- well, it's the rebuilding phase, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you see, yeah. You see it in traditional sports all the time, right? And like co- college ball, you have that all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can have a really good program that has a really good staff, and therefore turns out like better teams um, because just they have better infrastructure. But like, usually, once you have that big turnover of really good players, there is a little bit of a balancing. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I mean, I'm like, I'm a huge Oregon fan, and they're kind of going through that right now. Like, I mean, where they lost, like, Marcus Mariota, like, a couple years ago and stuff like that. Like, don't, don't shake your head at me. What's, what's wrong with Oregon? What's wrong with the Ducks? I'll just leave it there. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, I don't, like, yeah. I mean, do, well, I don't know. How do we, I, I, like, okay, I, like, I don't know. Blizzard's, like, in the gray area right now. I don't know what to do with them. I have no idea. I mean, in terms of Overwatch, they took a step forward in my mind. Because there's still rumors. I don't think it's been official that KR is canned for LAN events. World Cup isn't officially canceled or anything like that. So maybe everything ends up working out and everyone's happy. But right now, it's one step forward. And let's hope they don't take two steps back after yeah. this. Because you never know with Blizzard. 
But with that, we'll talk about that the next time that comes up. I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the weeks to come as more information about this kind of starts to roll out and become official. But before we jump into our next news story, I want to do Twitch Prime reminder. Is that if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. And that means you can take your money away from Amazon, who has too much of it, and give it to any creator that you want. I mean, obviously, we'd love for it to be us. All you have to do is push the little button right above Dylan right now. It'll get you to emotes coming up. It gets you, just supports us and lets us know that we're doing a good job and that the content we create. But even if you don't give it to us, give it to someone because for any content creator, anyone that creates content, any kind of love like that means the world to them. So make sure to take that back. And it does not renew each month. So every single month, you can give that to a new person. Keep giving the same one, but just make sure to keep using it. And that's just the little subscribe button on any channel that has affiliate or better. But with that, Dylan, I want to hand it over to you and a little bit of, I don't know, if, I don't want to say troubling news, but something I was not expecting. Let's talk some finances, boys. <laughs> you know, everyone's favorite topic. Let's get deep into those numbers. Let's get deep into some shares. Uh, so the big news is that Infinite Esports Entertainment um, which the company that owns uh, Outlaws and Optic, you know, that's probably how you know them. Um, so they had uh, a bunch of shares that got sold out uh, from Texas Esports. So Texas Esports were, was a majority shareholder. They had like $150 million, like tons and tons of money, and they're selling their shares, which, um, so obviously majority shareholders, you know, they, they hold a lot of stake in a company because basically they can go, hey, we want to do this with the company. We want to take it in this direction. That's how shareholders work. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of concerning because we don't know who the shares are going to go over to. Is it going to be picked up by one big company that's going to come in and take Optic and Outlaws into a different direction? Um, the other thing that was a little bit troubling because of this is that their smaller team, I guess, which is GG Esports Academy. So I think they used to be a contenders team. Uh, they were like Optics Academy team. They were called like GG Esports Academy. Um, they like got axed by the the upper company. Uh, like Optic just like cut them as a team, um, which was weird because they hired a bunch of people and brought them out to Texas. And then they were like, oh, by the way, like no more. And like it was weird because I was I was actually looking at I think it's called like a hit marker. It's like an esports job posting site. And I, I like a couple months before it happened, I saw like a bunch of like ads like, hey, GG Esports needs like a coach or whatever and, and stuff like that. And then presumably they got filled. And then they were like, oh, sorry. Hope you didn't uproot your entire life to come out to Texas. Um, and so obviously I think that kind of broadly set ripples in. So the, the thing that could be concerning is that Texas Esports is selling their majority shares in this because they don't like the direction, you know, Optic and Outlaws are going internally, which I hope that's really not the case. I hope it's more of just Texas Esports wants to move on to something else, but... Okay, I mean, if, you're like, if you're a Texas I, I Esports... I was hoping you say something like that, because this is a company called Texas Esports, and they own the largest esports organization in Texas. What else can they want to move into? So I think there's yeah. a couple of things that I want to kind of bring up from this. One, mm -hmm. they could think they're getting more money than what they paid for and that this is a money move and that they're going to make money off this so they can invest in other things. That could be yeah. one thing. Two, Optic could be falling apart more on the inside than we expected. We talked about them cutting a while back. Maybe that organization is in trouble 
And this is an early sign of that, is that that they want out because they see trouble coming. And three, it could be because they're not getting money back. And this could could be because of that owl investment. Obviously, if you're a majority shareholder, a lot of the money going into it is coming from you. And that, that could mean that they don't think in the long term they're going to get their money back. They're trying to cut their ties now, get what they can, and get out. So do you think it's one of those three things, something else, and just what do you think about all that? So before we, because before I just let James go off, because I know I just talked for a bunch right there. I just want to say good. that hopefully, hopefully it is the, they want to sell things off because hopefully they want to start more stuff in, in Texas. And I mean, maybe an ideal scenario is they see Overwatch League is not going to be profitable, but not be not profitable. If that makes any sense, like maybe they're like kind of just cutting even or maybe just above even keeping things afloat, but having very small growth which kind of would be cool because, like, then it won't die. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 right now, just with how esports is, is all these companies are private. I can't wait till we see our first public company because I would love to see what they're kind of getting from this. Like, we have no idea as kind of the numbers behind a lot of this. We get ballpark numbers of how much buy-ins and all this kind of stuff, but we have no idea the sponsorship numbers, what they're playing some players, like... That's the one thing about the NFL and stuff. Contracts, all that stuff is usually a lot more open. Really, the financial scene, we can do nothing, nothing more than just guess and look yeah. at it because there's no numbers anywhere and we're not able to compare it to anything because there's no publicly traded companies. And I'm not saying someone should just go publicly traded for that reason, but once it gets to that stage, we'll have so much more insight because unless you're part of these organizations or you do something for them, you have we no ideas with numbers. Like, if yeah. we Google numbers, we could find nothing for any of these organizations. So this could be happening for so many reasons, and without having any information, it's super hard to know. I don't I don't think this is optic being like, let's get out of esports. I don't think that's it at all. Like, I, I genuinely think we're seeing one of two things. We're seeing a shift in internal management. Um, you got to remember, too, optic's been around for ages. Optic's been, optic is like OG. So... There could be, they may have grown way too quick. They may have grown way, way too quick. Um, and then because of that, they didn't know really how to, what to do. They may have, like, we've talked about this before. When they expanded too quick, they weren't ready for it. And they're like, oh my God, we got to, we got to do stuff. Because they just signed Crown. They signed Crown from Korea. Crown's like ex, ex pro player, everything like that. I don't see an organization who was like, like, okay, this guy's an ex world champion. Let's sign him. Let's sign him to our league roster who's doing okay. They're doing all right. Um, let's like let's bring this in. Like we have an Overwatch team, we have a league team. I think this is them trying to cut cut their losses in smaller smaller areas, sell off what they can, and then probably re- like flip and reinvest into another organ or another esport. Like uh, so, James. Uh, so just to reiterate, this is yeah. Texas esports selling their shares in Optic. In uh, in Optic, yeah. My apologies. Yeah. Right. So so basically, this is um just oh wow, I'm blank on literally every investor name in existence right now. <laughs> Um, who's the dude that owns Echo Fox or whatever? Rick Fox? Rick Fox? Or, uh, maybe. I don't know. Rick Fox is yeah, at the top of Echo. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, is he an investor? I don't know. Yeah. Like you say, he's an owner. He, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, maybe not him. I, what, what's the other dude? He's on Shark Tank or whatever. The big Mark name. Cuban? Dude. Yeah. It's like if he pulled out of like anything. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, like, yeah. It, it would, it doesn't mean that the company is, is, is pulling out. It's no, but like, yeah. yeah, the backing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. So I mean, like, maybe, maybe I think. I mean, maybe. Do you think it's like results based? Like that's why they're dipping because. Yeah, like, I, I think I, it is. Yeah, like Outlaws didn't do phenomenal. 
Outlaws didn't do great. Optic Gaming and League didn't do amazing. Their academy team didn't do amazing either. Um, so they're probably like, okay, well, maybe this organization just doesn't know They're just going to flip and go um, support Dallas Fuel now. They're just going yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 to yeah. different <laughs> the only other Texas organization. Because you can't invest outside of Texas when you call it Texas Esports. No, exactly. You're going to Dallas. Like yeah. you're going to Dallas Fuel, right? Well, uh, actually, I think maybe well, like results based not on the wins and losses, but maybe the money. Um, so probably, um, yeah. Bill, Bill brought this up in chat a little bit earlier, but maybe they're not seeing percentage gains like they would like to. Like it's not like blowing up out of like proportions and being super crazy, you know, sick, sick money gains or anything. So yeah, maybe they're pulling out because of that. They don't want the slow burn. When do when do they when do they invest in Optic though? Do we know how long ago before like when they like when 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 they got there? Because like I don't like to me that's kind of weird because like if they're not seeing the money gain recently, like I don't know why would you why would you invest at all? Because like like I mean it would make sense if they invested right at the beginning of Riot going to franchising and Overwatch League being announced and stuff like that. If they announce it there and be like oh this is sick we can get in on this and do that. But if they're there prior to that it doesn't make sense because. Up until then, there wasn't a ton of money in esports. There wasn't an insane amount of money in esports. We're getting there now, but I mean, this seems like a, a weird time to dip. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I'd like to figure out the timeline on when they invested into Optic, and then we can kind of like, I mean, that can kind of help us judge from there. I think maybe. Yeah, I, I think really at this point we'll wrap back around to it when that sale happens. Because yeah. I think that's when mm -hmm. we come back and talk about it. We start seeing some more numbers coming out. Maybe there's reasoning behind why it's happening. So I think the best thing is, is to put it, just kind of wrap it up here today and come yeah. back to it down the road, kind of when we see more about that. I Actually, can I bring up one last thing about this? Because the article was super, super interesting because it's, I don't really know that much about like the financial aspects of like investing and all that. So uh, like the one of the co-owners for the Texas Rangers um, acquired Optic but when he did that, he was like, all right, let's go into investor mode and do weird finance stuffs. And they set up like a ton of different like sub companies that do other different stuff. So they have like a media arm, like no scope media. And then they have like a like a like a clothing branch. And then they have like a fitness branch. Like they have like smaller sub companies like below. Like it's really weird. Um, I mean, this, this might be the norm for like normal companies. Uh, just have like these smaller ones underneath but like I don't, I, I don't i don't know stuff like this this is weird yeah that is yeah like do we do we think this guy just didn't really know i, I don't know i'm not i'm not gonna divulge because i know we're running out of time so like <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to go down that rabbit hole too too far yeah and so i guess we are kind of running low on time i know we had two topics left i want you guys to pick which one we kind of touch on today I think, we, I think we can bang in both. I think we yeah, can. Yeah, well, let's 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 knock them out quick. Okay, yeah, James, so, I'll hand it over to you then. Cool. All right. So some not some nutty stuff happened. Some nutty stuff happened over the weekend. So for anybody who doesn't know, F one esports is a thing. At, like, Formula One esports is a thing, and like that's a it's a big deal. Are we not talking about this? Is that the is that the look you're giving me? Not honorable mentions. We're going back to IBA. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Okay, I'll make that real quick. I'll make that real quick. We'll get back to Formula One esports later. Don't worry. I'm all over the place tonight, guys. I apologize. Um. So yeah. Uh. IB IBP uh, Masters was a live event for CS:GO over the weekend. It was in Hollywood. I know this because I stared at that screen for I don't know how long. Um. That persisted to have around four to five hours of technical difficulties. 
to the point where like people were leaving, people were compensated with mouse pads. Um, it was it was a mess. There were some reporters like live streaming it and being like, "There's nobody in the crowd. Everybody's gone." Like it left a bad a bad bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Like it was ridiculous. Um, and then when the live event actually ended up going, and like there were some big names there too. There was like Cloud Nine and Fnatic was there. Like there was there was some big CSGO uh, big CSGO team names. Um, the actual monitor where you actually watch the game was like. I don't know, maybe like a 55-inch TV. Like, it was not big. They had a giant-ass screen in the back, and they didn't use it. I don't know if it wasn't hooked up or whatever, but it was riddled with technical difficulties. So I don't I don't, I don't, don't know. Power is not looking too hot right now yeah, as far as, like, their events. one of the first major LAN events for the CSGO Season 2, which kind yeah. of why, that's why a lot of reporters were there and that kind of stuff. Like, it was kicking off the CSGO Season, and this just shows the second eSport now in a row. It's had a very rough start kind of getting out, and it doesn't look good yeah. for iBuy. What is it, iBuy Power, right? iBuy Power, yeah. I mean, I have one they're of their a PC like... company, and they just have <laughs> issues with their own PCs. So, not looking great there, too. And I know technical dis- issues can are usually not out of control. I mean, I've worked tech before and all that kind of stuff, and, like, sometimes you just don't expect what's kind of happening, and there's only so much you can do, but that's what test runs for, and that's what... That's yeah. why you prepare ahead of time. That's why you make sure this stuff doesn't happen. Especially when it's the first event of the season. It's not like anything's like pushing up to you. Like You have a set date. Like You know when it's happening. Nothing's changing around you. You are the start. Like You have time to figure make it sure out. Make sure it works, guys. Like, yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, insane amounts of technical difficulties. Like, and like, I, like, those happen, but they don't usually happen for four to five hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like They had the three... The, there was games that was supposed to start at 11. They pushed it yeah. back to one, and then it got kept putting, pushing back. And they made the decision to start the 3 o'clock games first on time, and then they played the 11 o'clock game. So yeah, that got yeah, all screwed we... up, and there's just questionable choices here all around. I wish you would have more time to talk about it, but they cover a lot in the LEC too, though. Like, it's just technical issues, like, I don't know. Like, it's an online tournament. It's an online game, but I think your tech should be number one, and everything else should be secondary to that. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. We're with the venue later. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I Paul. Oh, yeah, there we go. I got that. We got that out of the way. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dylan, let's talk about another kind of part of events, and that's the celebration at the end. I mean. Oh, my God. This is my favorite thing in esports. So, actually, no. Second favorite. My favorite is, like, the, the, the early 2000s era of, of esports when everyone was, like, super futuristic and wore, like, uh, like the tinfoil clothing and stuff. But besides that, uh, my favorite thing is celebrations in esports. Because they're all so bad, and they're all awkward, and they're weird, and they never work out right. So Runaways, they have a whole bunch of new players, beat the odds, did an amazing job, won. They hoist up the trophy, and it breaks. <laughs> like classic like eSports celebration, just... And, and like oh, someone man. someone did a high-res uh, photo, and it looks like it was actually glued, like the... Um, like the handles, one of them was like glued on, but it wasn't glued on, I guess, well enough, and so yeah. it broke off. Um, but this just adds to like the whole esports celebrations being terrible. So uh, notable things is champagne. You bring in the champagne. None of these dudes know how to open champagne. <laughs> Most of them aren't of drinking age, uh, and they and they're like, I don't know what to do with this thing. So they have to have like a production dude come over and open it for them. And then they don't know to put their finger on it to like blast it everywhere. So like you have videos of like them shaking it like but with their finger not on the top and it just like falls out and just like splashes everywhere. And then the best, best ceremony of all time was Firebat Hero. 
so so the article we that we read that kind of summed it all up uh was from uh dot esports nicole carpenter wrote it she's fantastic which speaking of she's leaving dot esports and going yeah, freelance. she's, so she's going free luck with you on that yes That's um, so scary. and so she, she summed this all up really well and this was a big nostalgia hit for for me because i remember this one so firebat hero won pro league like the pro league finals and like whenever he did he like it, it, for some reason this star, it, this was starcraft it was like on a beach for some reason they played the finals on a beach okay hell yeah it was early it was early like starcraft uh so they played <laughs> on a beach and then he like rips all his clothes off with nothing but his boxers and just runs into the sea that's amazing. It's like it's like nighttime on like a random beach in Korea, and he just like <laughs> runs into the ocean, just like jumps in and then comes out, and then everyone's like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> I love that, and that's awesome. Yeah. So, so the article the article she wrote was was wonderful because it was a bunch of really good nostalgia hits for me because I love esports celebrations because they're all so weird and uh, they need to stop. So- they just need to stop and just let players just stand there and do nothing so, so is that your solution to how to fix esports celebrations is yes just to tell everyone to stop doing them no this is what you do right you, the team wins and you go all right stand there and just like look hype just don't give them a trophy they just don't don't why, give why, them like, anything no trophy even Dude, they break it they break it they can't lift it up because the trophy's too heavy sometimes like <laughs> I just we're not I I esports agree, players no aren't meant for outside no man. running into oceans but I I think That's taking awesome. away a trophy is a bit extreme here I think if anything buy a little nicer trophy I mean give them medals give them medals put the medals around their neck that'd be good medals I can do but I, yeah, I, I think a trophy is just nice and speaking of Overwatch trophies ugly that's been going around since this whole kind of thing came up but. Uh, I don't know if there's a solution. Avoiding liquids around computers and people that don't commonly drink them. Um, and just higher quality trophies are what I recommend. Sure. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, That's how I, mean, I, I think we're just going to keep seeing things like this over and over. And this is like a good thing to, to talk about because it's it's funny. It's silly. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And it's it, at the end of the day, it's a good meme. I think we can all appreciate a good meme. If there's one thing esports players love, it's good memes, man. That's that's true, and I mean, I mean the the quote of the stream may be that broken trophy is a representation <laughs> of tier two Overwatch. That is con- oh. for contenders. I'm sorry, that is a metaphor for contenders, to be honest. And I don't disagree with that either. So, the step back for Blizzard. <laughs> Let's yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah, that's another step back for them. Okay, come but, on, guys. With that, I think we have two quick honorable mentions we want to just briefly touch on before uh, kind of get into the wrap up. Yeah, no, I jumped, I jumped the gun on this way too quick. I thought I got the, I got the outline all screwed up in my head. But yeah, no. So yeah, F one, F one esports, uh, Formula One like sim racing and all that good stuff um, is, I guess, huge in Europe. Uh, so huge to the point that one of the pro players actually beat an F one driver on the track. They got, they both got into a car. And they did a trap, like they basically did like the mirror, like they basically went around the track, like in opposite directions. And the F1 sim driver actually beat the the pro. I couldn't believe it. I watched. He beat him by like a full two seconds. It was ridiculous. And like, I mean, it, it makes me think, like, okay, well, I mean, you know, he he's used to using the controls. Like, this is nothing new to him, right? I mean, he's got to get used to the G's, I guess. But I mean, like, they weren't like flying, so 
it was i don't know man it was nutty i, I could i couldn't believe it watching the video <laughs> like and it was just, also was... a thing that just totally not a thing here sim racing is not really big here in the it's US. not like, yeah i mean i guess racing outside of nascar isn't really talked about too much here and we, we don't like kind of yeah like i mean like here. rallies the rally is like like we don't like we don't even have that right like i mean we have it but it's not like big yeah. Right, so, so when I when I watched, it, I thought that was unbelievable. I think that's super cool. I, yeah, that was an honorable mention because there's not much to talk about here. But that's still super hype. It's just awesome. Yeah. So I think what they should do is the company should advertise that uh, for their game because yeah, <laughs> this simulation racing game is such a good simulation that you could you could be a pro if you're good at it. Like it, yeah. like it's such a it's a one to one. I guess. I mean, if, if, if you're that guy, do you just switch over to F1 racing? Well, see, like, it wasn't, like, they didn't get that fast, but I mean, like, it was, like, it was still it was a new track. Track. It was, right? like, it was a time track instead of an It was a time track. Race, which is yeah, 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 yeah. totally different. And then that, it's more comparable, too, because obviously in a racing sim, too, it's not about going super fast. It's about hitting that corner at the right angle and all that kind of stuff I know nothing about. So that's kind of <laughs> why they did that on that time, kind of a time track versus an actual race track. Mm-hmm. That's very different experiences, but... I mean, it's still. I, you know what? I think it's a big flex for the esports community. I think we can. I think we can ride that for a little bit. I'm, I was. I was real into that. And I guess the last honorable mention is we talked so much about Philadelphia Fusion last week and how they've done so well. They've won every single season of NA contenders and all that kind of stuff. And we also talked about the Sydney Drop Bears. And yeah. They actually went on to beat the Fusion's record. They yep. also have won all three seasons. They had a. Th- 30 and one map record this year it's disgusting like, it's gross and the one map they lost was in the finals they had not lost a single map all contender season until the very last match and that was only one to the second best team in the entire like australian they, they told me they were gonna do it too they like messaged me and they're like you we we're gonna do it like you can see it on my twitter and i was just like yeah, all right yeah, i know they've been interacting with a bunch of that's super fun but that's just yeah, and they did it. Like, I mean, the Sydney Drop Murder Bears are, are they're, yeah, they did it. Like, that's insane. Good for them, man. And Good that's the conversation. Guys. I mean, I think that's why these LAN events will be fun. Because right now, we have Runaway. Phenomenal success. They are just unmatched in Korea um, for the contenders. Fusion, unmatched in NA. Uh, Sydney uh, Drop Bears, unmatched in OCE, Australia, whatever that circuit is i can't think of all I think, I think, oh yeah and I when know, you see know. these teams coming together now you can kind of figure out who's going to be the best and then it's it's not domination because obviously the best player is going to keep going to these pain teams in the regions and now when you put these regions up against each other i think it'll be a lot more fun and it's a better scouting gown for kind of the old for like the overwatch league too because you see who's really the best of the best yeah absolutely <laughs> But with that, yeah, those we just want to bring that up because, yeah, the drop bears have been fun interacting with us a little bit too. So want to throw them a congratulations and talk about that because we brought a Philadelphia Field Fusion for the same exact reason. But with that, I want to thank everyone so much for tuning in to this week's episode for January 21st, 2019 of the Project Esports Podcast. Thank you for all the interactions in the chat. Thank you for the subscribes. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for reaching out to us on Twitter. Shout out to U-City Drop Bears. And we, we, like, honestly, though, we, like, we eat this shit up, guys. We love it. So, thank you so much. And we go live every single Monday right here on twitch.tv slash thegamehouse at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and if you missed the live show, we're on every single podcast platform. Uh, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, 
every single podcast platform uh, the following day. So that's Tuesday in the morning. If you just search Project Esports Podcast, you can find us there. Or if you want to watch the VOD, uh, just go to the Game House's YouTube page. and We're on there as well. Yeah, but with that, I'm Andrew. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. Thank you for watching the Project Esports Podcast. We will see you guys next week.